A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini-episode. Our top story. Oh. Our top story tonight. I don't know. Do they do top stories first or last? I think first. This is our top story from CNBC.com. Thank God for the dot com. (laughs) (laughs) Klondike responds to outraged fans, says the Choco Taco could be back, quote, in the coming years. Okay. Can I just say something before the story? I'm thinking now that companies do this, right? On purpose. On purpose. They have to. Because it's like the Mexican pizza. Right. Now they're like, now it's back permanently. And it's like, they know they love getting this outrage built up. Um, So. I agree. Yeah. I think this is completely like planned so that it makes people outraged. Like you said. You get all this promotion on social media. People are posting like, no, not the Choco Taco. Right. I want the Choco Taco, please, please. And then they're like. Okay, you twisted our arm. And they feel like a victory has happened, so then they immediately go get it. Right. Like, my long-lost Choco Taco, even though it's never, it's probably... <laughs> it's never going to go away. Yeah. I, I, okay. So it's too bad that Vianetta didn't disappear from the States during the age of Twitter, because then we could have drummed up outrage on Twitter for it. I'm still mad we haven't had one. It's crazy. We need to start, like hunting again around Los Angeles County. I don't want to go too far. Like people have told us some locations, like someone said they spotted it in Whittier. I know. It's just like, I want it in my neighborhood. I'm willing to go a few neighborhoods over, Yeah, but Whittier just sounds extremely far, even though I know it's not that far. (laughs) It's not, but I feel like we're going to have to bring a cooler if we go. And take it back. That also, way. you got to p- go the right time of day because it could be a nightmare drive. Yeah, just because you're going through downtown yeah. to get there. Um, oh, a chew. Melon's, Such a little delicate melon sneeze. Had a sneeze. So yeah, but it's crazy. This says less than two weeks after announcing the discontinuation of the Choco Taco, Klondike says it is now exploring options to bring back the popular treat to ice cream trucks. The maker of the frozen confection tweeted on Wednesday that it hopes to bring the Choco Taco back, quote, in the coming years, but stopped short of giving any firm details or timeline. I like how they're acting like this is out of their hands. Like, Also, they- you already have ice cream and chocolate. It's not like that hard to put it together. It, <laughs> you already have like cones probably, like the there, cone material. There's no reason. There's no reason. There's no ingredient in that that's super rare or hard to come by. Yeah, this isn't like the truffle taco. No, it's crazy. I don't understand this. Klondike has announced at the end of last month that it was ceasing Choco Taco production thanks in part to an unprecedented spike in demand across our portfolio, which resulted in the company needing to make a, quote, very tough decisions to ensure availability of our full portfolio nationwide. I hate corporations. I do too. They all fucking suck. Like whenever people are mad about something a corporation does, I just look at them and think it's a corporation. 
they literally don't care about anything other than money. Yeah. Like, so whatever, do you know what I mean? It's like, whatever you're thinking, it's like, it's always money. So if they're going to make money from Choco Taco, they'll bring it back. Nothing's stopping them from giving the people what they want, the Choco Taco. No, they're doing this on purpose. Uh, Fuck Klondike. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Speaking of Klondike, I did eat Klondike's while I was in Philadelphia at my grandmother's house. Okay, she bought Klondike bars? I just... It just, we were shopping together at the grocery store and I saw them in the freezer and I looked and I'm like, this is something you eat at your grandma's house. So I bought Grandma, it. Grandma, can we get Klondike's? <laughs> yeah. It's something that you buy when you're staying at your grandma's house or that she already has in the That's freezer. That's something like I never buy, but would totally eat if offered. Yeah. I don't, you, when do you buy a Klondike bar? And we had, they had, they make them with dark chocolate now. Ooh. So my grandma said, get the dark chocolate ones. Oh, nice. That's what I want. But my grandma always, like, always has stuff like that in her pantry and fridge that I would never buy, but I ate them and I'm like, that's good. I like every once in a while, I'll look at the frozen treats, yeah. I guess they're called, that section where the ice cream is. Um, and it's just sort of like, whoa, like, should I? Like, yeah. they all look so good. Do you know what my favorite one is? Is the Snickers ice cream bar. Oh, those are so good. Those are so good. The caramel in that yeah, is really, really good. soft because it doesn't freeze hard. It's very soft. I don't know what it is about that Snickers. It's so good. No, I love it. And I like um, I like It's It's. Do they love have it. those on the East Coast? I don't even know. It's like a San Francisco treat. But they sell them They sell them everywhere. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, some on Twitter speculated that the discontinuation was a marketing stunt designed to generate excitement about the future return of the product. But in a tweet designed to look like a press conference from a Choco Taco, okay, so it's literally Klondike okay. tweeted a picture of a, of a Choco Taco behind a bunch of microphones at a podium. They probably paid like $1,000 for that graphic. <laughs> <laughs> they said... Uh, they insisted it is not a PR stunt. I don't believe just it. Just the fact that you're saying that, just ignore Twitter if it's not a PR stunt. Why are you even paying attention? You're I don't Klondike. believe them. I don't believe them and I'll be outraged until they bring it back. Yeah. Okay. But I'll just start selling them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the mission. Yeah, I've Desi, got it going. Desi I made, made her own homemade Choco Taco during the break and yeah. it looked amazing. It was, it was very good. Our next story is from CNN Business. Wow. You're on the um, serious <laughs> website. <laughs> cat lovers can try cat food inspired dishes. At, <laughs> I saw this story. <laughs> at Fancy Feast Italian Pop-Up. Okay. This is for all those people who have opened up a can of like beef stew cat food and, and been like, mm. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Who has done that? Look, I'm not saying I've wanted to eat it. Ew. But ew. no, listen, hear me out. I have been like, they're going to enjoy this a little more. <laughs> like, it looks like more <laughs> in my, because I have to always gauge food quality. So in my heart, I'm like, this looks better for them. It's not just a pate. That's what they call like the one. Yes, yes. It has like slivers of meat in a gravy with yeah. peas or something. They love when they- I'm just like, it's just like, I, I'm not eating it. I don't I don't think yum. Although I have seen some ads on Instagram <laughs> occasionally. I'm like, what is that? And then I'm like, oh shit, that's fucking cat food. <laughs> you think it's like in the new like Martha Stewart recipe or something? Ugh. Just because they like try to make it look like a dish or something. 
But yeah, I can, I do have a preference for my cats, but I've never wanted to eat like dishes inspired by their food. My cats love that wet food brand Tiki Cat. That food looks disgusting. Okay. Just hear me out. (laughs) The one that's their favorite, all four of them, this is their favorite, is the one that's just straight up chopped up sardines. (laughs) Yeah. That food looks like that still has bones in it. It does. <laughs> I swear it does. Because it's just like, here's the part of the fish people don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like literally like the cartilage and but the there's skin. All, but there's all this goo inside too. And it smells really <laughs> pungent. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's expensive. This is not cheap cat food. It's yeah. Like, it's pricey or pricier. But like... My cats have very discerning tastes. Well, I think I told you that there's a, a foster at Santi Dor that buys her cats all high quality food, like yeah. the most expensive food. So when they come to the rescue, we have to continue feeding them that food. <sighs> so <laughs> it just makes me laugh, but sometimes it is that tiki food. Well, and it, it is literally, I was like, ooh, la la. <laughs> Some of it is just like, I've never even seen these brands. I'm like, where do you even buy this stuff? What is this, like $15? It's like smoked oysters <laughs> or like well, whatever. You, you know how like all chicken cat food flavors or chicken cat food, it's always like brown brown pates or yeah. whatever. When you open the chicken tiki, it's literally like shredded white meat. Oh, I've seen that. It's like that's yeah, we I've done that one at the rescue. <laughs> it is shredded white meat. It's so <laughs> it's really disturbing for some reason though. I would be that cat though that would get purposefully hooked on the good stuff. Absolutely. So that when I got taken to the rescue after I was done being fostered as a kitten. Yeah. I'd be like, sorry, I only eat tiki cat. I only eat this. Imagine going to adopt a cat and seeing that. You'd have to get it. Yeah. You'd be like, I will get a loan (laughs) to pay for this cat food. So cat food brand Fancy Feast is expanding into feline-inspired human cuisine with a New York City Italian restaurant designed to celebrate the company's new line. Gatto Bianco, which means white cat. Ooh. Thanks. Yeah. Is described by Fancy Feast as an Italian style trattoria mm-hmm. and will be open for dinner reservations on August 11th through 12th only, according to a news release from Purina, which produces Fancy Feast. The human friendly dishes were inspired by Fancy Feast's new Medley's cat food line, which feature options like beef ragu, recipe with tomatoes and pasta, and a savory sauce for the cat with discerning tastes. Only a lucky few will have the opportunity to try the Gatto Bianco pop-up located between Manhattan's Far West Village and the Meatpacking District. The experience is limited to a total of 16 guests who will each enjoy a complimentary tasting menu free of charge. The menu was designed by Fancy Feast in-house chef Amanda Hasner <laughs> and New York restaurateur Caesar Casella, Purina noted. Food has the power to connect us to others in meaningful ways and has to take us to places we've never been, says Hasner in Purina's release. The same is true for our cats. The, di- <laughs> the dishes at Gato Bianco are prepared in ways that help cat owners understand how their cats experience food from flavor to texture to form. I don't want to experience how they experience food. If someone paid for me to do this, I would totally do it. I am revolted right now. <laughs> it's going to be good food. Here's the thing. Think? I'm sure it will taste good, but my brain couldn't 
get around the fact that it's inspired by cat food. I just, I have like a, for as much as I love cats, I'm so revolted by cat food. Like I literally gag when I open a can of it. Me too. And if I get it on me, I'm just disgusted. Like I scrub my hands after I feed my cats. Um, I think it's really weird and I'm very curious who goes to do this. I'd like, I'd like to hear a report about this. I would also, like, is this expensive? Is there a price listed? No, it says right here that it's free of charge. Only 16 people. But are, how do you get in? Um, it's the most exclusive ticket in town. <laughs> it is the most exclusive ticket in town. For those who can't get their paws on a reservation, the company will post the recipes on its website. So are they only doing one seating of They're, 16 people? Two. Two. So there must be some reserve. I mean, how do they? How do they pick? I mean, I have no idea. Only a lucky few will have the opportunity. That's what it says. Uh, I mean, that is disgusting. I'm to gonna me. look at the recipes. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious. This is another food story from the Chicago Tribune. A lot of really serious news sources. Okay. Morgue's assistant. Morgue's assistance meatballs at Southern Illinois cook-off not made of male body parts, Sheriff says. So I'm guessing there was um, some worries. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is not a thing you say unless there's been an accusation. Yeah, it's right? like he had a sign that said, my sign about how my meatballs aren't made with human body parts is raising a lot of yes. questions. <laughs> yes. It says, relax, the meatballs in Carterville are safe. They definitely don't have human body parts in them, according to <laughs> this is so sus. According to Williamson County Sheriff, after a viral satirical article falsely said that a morgue assistant used male meat to win a Carterville spaghetti cook-off, Williamson County Sheriff Benny Vick's office declared fake news. Readers wouldn't need to look too hard to find the falsehood themselves, the sheriff's, sheriff's office noted. The fake, the fake news was on a fake news website, Vic's office said in a Wednesday news release. The headline of this fake news, he oh, keeps brother. saying that, Jesus. Just calm down, we get it. <laughs> the headline of this fake news website says, news you can count on to let you down. One must hope that readers would have discerned deceit, even if they hadn't spotted the site's confessing banner. The imaginative piece claims that a Carterville woman had never been able to do better than second place in the cooking competition. To get, over, to get herself over the hump and to take home the top prize, the morgue worker collected the testes of dead men and used them in her meatball dish, the false article said. Imagine the, thinking that's what would help you win. <laughs> I know what to do. <laughs> this is a no-brainer. Her secret ingredient was discovered when one judge who went back for a third serving bit down on a prosthetic. So I guess she included a fake ball? No idea. The fake article continued. The totally false piece appeared in late July on KVTA4, a website that describes itself as fabricated satirical newspaper and comedy website, but which is also designed to look like a news website. Facebook users have reacted to, commented on, or shared the fake article over 300,000 times. That's scary. Look, we all know people are dumb. Yeah. They don't 
No one. Um, this happens all the time. All the time. And in more major ways. There's even people who will quote tweet a literal Onion article and be like, this is outrageous. Yeah, or even a real news story. They'll just go off of a weird headline and not look into the article. And it's like completely opposite of what the headline indicates. You know what I mean? It's just like people just don't right. look into things. People were pissed. That might be the most disgusting thing I've ever read, one user wrote. What in the actual hell is going on with people, another user wrote in all caps. The world's gone crazy. More to come, said another. The article is... So this is like a copy pasta that just went viral. Like this article has been redone several times. It's weird. Anyway, the the, the sheriff was like very... I'm Outraged. glad we had to get official officials involved. We- <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry, residents of Illinois, you, your meatballs are safe. I was laughing so hard when uh, Gabe Kapler got ejected from the game. Was that yesterday? Because it was just like, what happened? <laughs> it's always funny to me when someone gets ejected from a game because the umpire is so dramatic about They're it. so dramatic. It's so dramatic. And there was like a the Red Sox manager the other day was just calmly talking to him. But I guess in certain instances, you were automatically ejected for even protesting. Right. Uh, and he got called out. He got ejected so dramatically. Uh, it was just funny because he was very, he wasn't even like hot under the collar yeah. like Kapler was. Um, I don't know. I just love... I love um, I love seeing that. Yeah. It's very funny to I me. I didn't even watch the game yesterday. I was too depressed. Well, I don't even quite know what happened. There was like some other incident too that I was like, what? With like Mookie? Oh, that was, that was related to Kapler, I think. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. What are these men mad about? All yeah. these little slights and stuff like that and disrespect. Personally, the best baseball beef this year was between Jock Peterson and who was that other Tommy guy? Tommy Pham. Yes. Did you see that they were, when they were thinking that Jock was going to get traded, it was going to be to a team with Tommy Pham? No. And I was just like, oh my God, like I don't want him to go, but <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Oh my God. No, yeah. that beef is so good. And I really hope someone does like a little short documentary. I want to know 30. about... I want to know about that whole um, fantasy football league, who's yeah. in it, right? what I other it was, things have happened. Was it fantasy football? Yes. So it was like, I think it's Mike Trout's game. Like yeah. he like started it. I don't know how, I don't know how any of that stuff works. Like, do you set it up? Are you part of a larger know. organization? I've never participated in any fantasy sports. I think it's really serious. Like you draft players and like all these guys get together and like do shit one day to set up their teams. It's really funny and to me. Tommy got mad at something Jock allegedly did. Yeah. Cause I think he used a player off his injured list. It's also stupid. There's like some rule and Jock is like, I didn't break it. And Tommy thinks that it was a bitch move. Yeah. Basically. Uh, but I loved it. Yeah. And I love uh, seeing Jock. Just looking like baby Huey with his like baseball cap flipped up, yep. talking about it dead seriously. Dead the stupidest serious. shit you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell during that interview that he was embarrassed to be talking about it out loud. Yeah, but the, his delivery is high comedy. I love it. Uh, it was great. So, anyway, it sucks that this is his first season with us and we suck ass so bad. 
It's embarrassing for me personally. I know, because I don't want him to go. I don't want him to go. But I think he's a Bay Area boy. And yeah, he's a lifelong Giants fan. So I think he'll, he has to stay. he'll stick it out. At least for a little this bit. This team is not so far gone, it can't recover. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of parts there that are good. Yeah, of course. Anyway, there's one final story. I haven't even read this story, but I got sent it so many times by listeners this week. So it's a little older because people were still sending us news news stories. I guess it's not that old. It's like last week. This is out of Vice. This grandma's dying wish was a giant dick on her grave. Oh. Did you see this story? Uh, I think I saw someone who had sent it to us. This is out of Mexico City. Before her death, 99-year-old Katerina Orduña Perez had one final wish, a giant statue of a dick on top of her grave. Wow. Her family unveiled the completed monument, a five and a half foot tall cock and balls Mm -hmm. weighing nearly 600 pounds mounted on her tomb at a cemetery in Mexico this past weekend as a recognition of her love and joy for life. And for Dick. And for Dick. (laughs) She wanted to break the paradigm of everything Mexican, where things are sometimes hidden because of not having an open mind. Her grandson, Alvaro Mota Limon, told Vice World News in an interview, she was always very avant-garde, very forward-thinking about things. Doña Cata, as she was lovingly known throughout the very small town of Miss Antla in the eastern state of Veracruz, had a particular affinity for penises. Wow. And what she believed they represented. She always said, in the Mexican sense, that they were, were vergas, said Mota Limon. There are a few words in Mexican slang as dynamic as verga, which is perhaps best translated in English as cock, due to its general (laughs) use as a profanity. (laughs) Depending on how it's phrased, verga can be a brutal insult, telling someone to go fuck themselves, vete a la verga, or that they're not worth shit, vales verga. Or it can be a compliment, a badge of honor, that if something is verga, it's cool or badass. Doña Cata often used it with that sort of colloquial pride when referring to members of her family as vergas. <laughs> she <laughs> referred to her family as cocks. I like it. According to her grandson, that they were people of moral fortitude with integrity, mm-hmm. courage, passion, and at the same time, love and joy. Okay, this is a gigantic cock and it is erect. Do you want to see it? Yeah, of course. Wow, it has some nice grooves in it. It's got hairy balls. It has a really defined head. Yeah. It's circumcised. It's a <laughs> giant statue, like carved out of some kind of stone. How, and and it's huge. You it's, must be so proud of your grandma. I just like, think that's crazy for <laughs> grandma. <laughs> 99-year-old grandma, she's like, I. my dying wish is to have a gigantic five-and-a-half-foot-tall cock on my grave. Yeah, that's going to stand out. Good I'm, for her. I'm surprised people aren't complaining. I don't know. I didn't finish the article. It's pretty long. Okay. I don't know. Because you can are- picture someone like, I don't want my grandmother being married next to the big cock. Right. <laughs> or whatever. You want to see a picture <laughs> of her? She's adorable. I'm obsessed with this woman. Aww. I like that she is like the sweetest reason for wanting a cock. Yeah. It's very wholesome. Yeah, it's very wholesome. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What did we watch this week? Well, um, I have a new show I'm watching. You said you watched it and... uh, I like it pretty good so far. It is called Fringe. It's an old show. I feel like if you like X-Files, that kind of stuff, you'll probably like it or it's worth trying. It's on HBO Max, at least for now. Who knows what the hell's going on in that app or what's happening with that app, right? Yeah. I don't know. So it has Joshua Jackson. Um, The other thing I have started rewatching Game of Thrones It's funny watching that, how I forgot, (laughs) I forgot who betrayed Ned Stark. You did? Yeah. Well. Because that character has like a lot of shit that happens in all the seasons and I haven't rewatched that show. Right. So when that happened, I was like, (gasps) I was like, oh shit. I mean, obviously I remembered when I saw it, but I just hadn't thought about that episode. It seems like 20 years ago, like in a way. I... I just forgot how dumb Ned Stark was. Like, yeah, it's like it was. I mean, he's not dumb. He's a good person, but like, it was so infuriating watching it go down again. Because it's like, no shit, this is gonna happen, you imbecile. Like, get it together. And it was just um, that scene was still very shocking. Um, So yeah, I'm on season two. I recently rewatched all of Game Game of Thrones with Brendan. We rewatched all of it because we were like out of shows to watch during the like mid-season break for Better Call Saul. It's a fast rewatch. It's still so good and like I know people hate the last two seasons and they're ridiculous but like it's still such a good rewatch. I'm curious, yeah, how I'll feel about it. I, I don't remember hating the second to last season. Seven? No, I don't remember. I didn't, here's the thing. I don't feel like I saw as much, you know, upset about that season as I did the final. Here's, here's how I feel about the final season of Game of Thrones. I don't mind the outcome of what happened. I just feel like it was very rushed and they needed to flesh things out more. I feel like it should have been two seasons. Like they needed, they needed more time. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, we've talked about this. I think I don't even mind the heel turn of one of the main heroes, yeah. but it was just too rushed. It, it wasn't needed earned. To, it wasn't earned. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. It's funny watching it back though, because it it reminded me of the things I love. Like, like sometimes it's like a little too much wall action. For me. <laughs> <laughs> like I like to be in King's Landing with yeah. all like the soap opera drama, and me that too. stuff was my favorite. And then we're at King's Landing with all these bros, and I'm just like, I don't fucking. Care. You mean the wall? <laughs> the wall, right? And I'm sorry, the wall. Yeah, with all these like men who are like. There's also something inside of me. Where I'm like, I'm like, this is bullshit. You don't have to commit your life to being at the wall. Like I'm angry about that choice that yeah. they've made, even though they can make their choices. I guess Here's- there's something I feel very unfair about that 
I, I get, I totally agree with what you're saying because my favorite storyline is all the like political intrigue in the show. Me too. Like I like the stuff between the Starks and between the Lannisters and all the other kingdoms. My least favorite storylines of the show was like Arya's little journeys. Well, that's where I'm at right now where she's on the truck pretending to be a boy. That's not even like the no. most, like when she gets to Bravos, I'm like, okay. No, I like being in the intrigue of the palace. Like I could watch Littlefinger and what's his name? Varos. Oh, various, various, like those two little creepy guys. <laughs> like I'm into everything they're doing. Me too. So whenever we're away, I'm always like, uh, can we get back to King's Landing? <laughs> like shit's going down. Like, yeah, uh, I agree. So, I mean, it's not like I dislike the other stuff, no, but it's not just at all. more of my, that's like the more fantasy element stuff. And I'm into the soap opera element stuff of yeah. the show, but I like it all fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't dislike any of it. I'm just, if I had to pick, like I like the intrigue and the soap opera stuff totally. the best. I was also laughing cause I was like thinking of like, oh shit, this person's coming. Cause I completely, I had forgotten that Arya goes on this whole thing trying to pretend she's a boy to not be killed obviously or be found. But I was like, oh shit, that, that witch Melisandre whatever's yeah. coming. The I was whole, like, I completely forgot about that whole Stannis, like whatever storyline. Like, I mean, there's just so much to come that it's, it's kind of making me laugh and I'm glad I can rush through it this time. Uh, Cause you know, I watched it as it aired. So. The, the horny witch. Yeah. She's, her name's like Melisandre. Or Melisandre. Something. She's yeah. super horny and super uh, devious. Well, I remember now too, you binged like five seasons before the final season or something. I did. You binged no, it all. I did. Okay. Because so. that's why, because I remember you weren't going to watch it and I convinced you saying it was soap opera Yeah. And well, then you just like binged. So you you never had to wait. <laughs> I feel like that makes some of those wall episodes really dull. Yes. Because you want to get back to the, but when you can binge it, it's definitely much faster and easier to get through. And I also think it it changed the way I processed the final season as well, because I hadn't spent the last five or six or seven years waiting between seasons and waiting week to Definitely. week. So it processed how I felt where I wasn't as disappointed by the last season as a lot of people were. Because I, I think, yeah. Because I, I binged it before season eight came out. So I binged it before, ahead of season eight. And yeah. then I watched season eight in real time. Yes. Yeah. I do think it matters. It's kind of similar with me and Saul. Yeah. Because I feel like we have a little disconnect there, and I think it's probably because I binged it all, and right. now I'm like, what's going on? I don't want to wait right. through all this stuff. It's kind of like you don't have as much patience, I think, for things, certain things. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree because I, I do have a completely different I – I, I think people like myself who have watched Saul since season one and waited week to week, yeah, have, have a different – it's like a Experience. patience level. Yeah, it's um, different. The other thing I was thinking, for me, I was not as bummed about the last season as well. And I think that has a large, for a large reason is um, I was never a huge um, Daenerys fan or whatever. Yeah. Like she's fine for me, but I didn't have her like on this pedestal to begin with. I just was not like my queen, like da 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 Like some people online seemed like they had just had her on this weird pedestal. Well, it's like, you're only going to kill, you know, you're gonna, You're just setting yourself up for disappointment. I mean, she's a great, it's a great television character. She's a great actress. She's really beautiful. 
Right. Uh, She's great. Her stories are great to watch. I just didn't have any crushing disappointment with her storyline because it was like, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm a Sansa girl. And I'm also a Prince of Dorne girl. Like, uh, to me, th- I relate to Prince of Dorne a lot. Yeah. I liked some of the older women. Like, I liked the Diana Rigg character. Well, yes. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. Um, I like Sansa. She has a great arc, I think. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Honestly, in a way, I like Cersei, too, like. That was one of my favorite characters. Well, I mean, it, she's an evil person. In terms of characters, yeah, one of the best characters ever. Like her storyline is perfect. Yeah. Uh, so that character I loved. Like right. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm rewatching. I'm also still doing Drag Race. I am on season seven, I think. That I'm almost at the end. They just had a um, whole show devoted to John Waters, where they each did. Each group, it was like a group of six, two, 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 did a um, musical version of a scene from one of his movies. So they had the egg lady scene, they had the dog shit eating scene from Pink Flamingos, and they had the cha-cha heel scene. And Love they did it. little musical numbers, and John Waters was on. He was a guest judge. And then their runway was the ugliest dress ever. Love that was it. like the theme. So it was really fun. I was like very excited. I loved the musical numbers. It made, I was like, we should do more musicals. Of John Waters movies, not just Hairspray. Yeah. All of these were great. <laughs> they, you know, they all could, all of his movies really could be turned into musicals. Yeah, they're not as wholesome, but who cares? Yeah. The fans will want it. They want it. Uh, so that was very exciting. And next up I have, um, there's a Hello Kitty fashion theme show. So I'm looking forward to the outfits that yeah. people put together. It's very fun. I like it a lot. A show that I rewatch occasionally that I've seen many times over is Kitchen Nightmares. Oh. Like every once in a while, like every other year or something, I'll just like start rewatching. Not like binge watching, but just throwing it on periodically. Yes. So I've been rewatching a lot of old Kitchen Nightmares episodes. The show's been off the air for a long time now, but it is one of the best reality oh, shows. Damn. There was a restaurant I wanted to, they had, they were on Kitchen Nightmares and it's like in my neighborhood. Oh yeah. I remember what it is now. What's it called? Well, I think I was with you when I was talking to your brother about this new place in my neighborhood called Capri Club and it's like um, a cocktail lounge, but they have a very famous Kitchen Nightmares, the previous owners. This restaurant has been in my neighborhood for like 40 years. That's the same Capri? Yes. Do you know this episode? Yes. Okay. I want to watch that episode. Okay. So the thing of... Okay, and this is not a plug for Discovery Plus, but the benefit about watching <laughs> the benefit about watching Kitchen Nightmares on Discovery Plus is none of the swear words are bleeped out. Oh. So the so all of the insults they just land so much it's just so much funnier. Oh, it's okay. Just so, I need to check it out. It's so like they've taken all the bleeps out on Discovery Plus, so like this one guy was in the street and he was like, "You fucking blow job." <laughs> This like Italian guy. Okay, this sounds (laughs) up my alley. Dude, it is, I mean, I would say 80% of the shows that are on Kitchen Nightmares are Italian joints in Long Island or New Jersey. That's what I was going to say. That's what I like about that show. They're all Guido. (laughs) They're all all like a Jersey or a Long Island. It is... It is an unhinged show. and 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 I wanted to bring up, we had a guest on our 
old, old podcast, Eating Pie, Isaiah Lester. Oh, right. And he used to work, he worked as like a PA on Kitchen Nightmares. And so obviously I was like, tell me everything. Yeah. And he told me the best thing you could possibly tell me about that show. I was like, is it real? He was like, oh, yeah. He's like, all those people, those are real. That's not acting. Those are (laughs) real people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they look very authentic to me. I haven't seen a ton of the episodes, but I've definitely watched that show. You have to start. You have to watch it. It is so fucking funny. Um, I'm going to watch it because I am always looking for something easy to watch when I fall asleep. That's the show. Yeah. That's the show. Okay. So what I wanted to say was (laughs) it inspired me that... Should I do a Hollywood crime scene episode on Kitchen Nightmares what's, content? What's the... Um, there's There's been scandals with various oh, yeah. restaurants. I think that would be good. Just behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Why not? I feel like there's a lot... I mean, just the Amy's Baking Company alone. Just there, You have one big sort of pillar story, yeah, the Amy's Baking. Right. And then I'm sure there's other stuff that we don't even know about. It's funny because... It's funny you brought this up because I was like looking for something to do for next week. And you know, when you're looking for other things, you always come across other stuff that you're like, I can't get it together in a week. But um, <laughs> there was some like stories I saw on like ex Jerry Springer guests. Oh my God. And I was like, we, I was like, we got to do it. <laughs> Jerry Springer. Wait. Like it was like crazy stories I was seeing. And there's like a murder too. Of- Why haven't we done a Jerry Springer episode? I don't know. But I feel like. It can, I'm not saying it's Model May, but we could do Jerry Springer and then some of the show topic guests because there's been crimes and things that have happened after the show, like guests that there was like the one I was looking at was like a couple, um, the wife confronted him and his mistress and then they ended up being being in a three way relationship, and then of course one of them gets murdered eventually. Like it's Jesus. crazy. I know. I was like, I was like, how have I never heard this story before? Like, oh my it God. was crazy. But I was like, I don't have time to fight because it was like an episode where I'm like, I'm gonna have to get all these newspaper articles because there's no huge article on it, right? Um, but it was a big story. But yeah, and Jerry Springer himself had arrest and uh, criminal like. Right. Whatever. Uh, I can't remember what it oh, was. That's going to yeah. be a great, that's a great topic. So anyway, so I just wanted to run that by you and I guess people who are listening to this week's mini episode. Of course. Would you be down for Kitchen Nightmares? Uh, I think it would be a very funny episode. I think it would be fun. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with Gordon Ramsay just in general. I think he's so funny. Well, remember he um, did the peace meeting between Elton John and George Michael? <laughs> <laughs> He just always shows up in these random things. I swear to God, I think Gordon Ramsay has to be an Al-Anon because some of the language he uses, I'm like, this guy, this man has to have an, like, an addict or an alcoholic close to him. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Just because of the, like, just the language he uses. Like, he, right, he, the I terminology. Just, I just feel like he knows recovery jargon. Look, like, I would not be surprised. He's vi- He is very funny. Like, he is... He's funny. He, I mean... Like some of his insults, like he called someone a panini head once. I mean, sometimes it's very funny when people are mean. Like if it's done right, (laughs) you got to laugh. And he's always yelling at people who are not listening. It's like he's trying to help you. No, I mean, he, oh, it's okay. So maybe I'll do that after, I'll do that after your episode this week. I'm excited to watch Kitchen Nightmares. Please, I there, oh, if you need any recommendations for part- particular episodes, like let me know. I'm gonna definitely look for this Capri Club one just because yeah. it's home. They're all good. Yeah. Every episode is good. Um, 
Oh, I wanted to say also, if you wanted to watch uh, Drag Race, every season, including All Star seasons, are on Paramount Plus, which oh. is actually a pretty good app. These I have to say, streaming services should pay us. Honestly, I know. Like we talk about streaming services. For so many hours. I got actually defensive for Discovery Plus because everyone's dogging on it for the HBO Max scandal or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, Discovery Plus is actually very good. (laughs) It's like, can't you talk about HBO Max without having to shit on Discovery Plus? I like like both of them. They're both fine. I think I watch shows from both streaming sites. I watch shows from almost every streaming (laughs) site. (laughs) There's like, I don't have a favorite. (laughs) Yeah. But I do forget about Paramount Plus sometimes, and it actually has a ton of shit, so it's definitely good. So this would be a good segue from TV to food. So obviously Better Call Saul is coming to an end. Obviously I'm in a crisis about it. This is a really difficult time for me. I've decided that this coming Monday, in preparation for the penultimate episode of Better Call Saul, I will be home making cinnamon buns. Oh. Because Cinnabon plays a big part in Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. If you've watched Breaking Bad you and you haven't seen Better Call Saul, you probably know the Cinnabon reference. There's a Cinnabon And you mention. probably know Cinnabons if you or don't know you the show. Probably know, <laughs> or you've probably just heard about Cinnabon. You, know, you may know Cinnabons you have you from your local mall or airport. <laughs> So I've been looking at for recipes about like Cinnabon dupes, yeah. like Cinnabon recreations. Dude, I, I love dupe recipes. Yeah. I'm all, I've looked up um, Olive Garden fettuccine Alfredo like five times. <laughs> I'm like, should I? Wait, I have saved an Olive Garden recipe from a worker at Olive Garden <laughs> for their like Zupa Toscana. <laughs> Zupa. <laughs> if it's at Olive Garden, it's called Zupa. <laughs> I swear to God, I have this uh, recipe. Say it's still like it's been. What in is my, that like? A vegetable soup? It's like a sausage and kale soup. Oh, yum! It sounded good. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna. I decided. I've decided on Cat Cora's recipe. Oh, you know who Cat Cora yes. is? Yes. So she's like an Iron Chef, and I feel like if I feel like I trust her for this recipe. Yes. Anyway, uh, that's what I'm going to be eating on Monday. I hope they come out well. I'm always uh, scared of cinnamon buns. I've never made them Because it's like they, they have a real um, dry risk. I know. I know. And that's why I was looking for Cinnabon dupes. I think the key is you need to um, get a thermometer for your oven and make sure it's 100% accurate and not overcook them. That's the good thing about my oven is I have like a digital reader for the temperature that preheats. Yeah. I love my oven. I, yeah, I think the dry out factor is the the biggest risk. I'm going to be slathering them in cream cheese frosting. (sighs) Like it's going to be slathered. And you got to eat them fresh. You can come over like after. Well, I want to be there for the buns. Okay. I want them when they come out. <laughs> I want to eat them. Okay, when- come. Why don't you help me? Like, help me and Brendan are going to make them on Monday. Okay. We can I want to, um, yeah, I want to have them fresh out of the oven. I want my mouth to burn. Mm. I, I love like, that oh. bite in the middle. The bite in the middle <sighs> is the best. That's one of those things, like, um, you were like, just someone can make a billion dollars if they just sold the middle bite. Yeah. 
<laughs> like that would be a great restaurant. Only the part you want, like the middle part of the pretzel, soft pretzels right. too is really good. Yeah. And like other... The muffin top. The muffin top is a classic. Uh but I yeah. think people tried to make that. Like I, I feel like I've seen that before. Like the problem is you don't want it to be dry on the bottom. No, it needs to be ripped off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. Is you want you want it to be an actual muffin top. If I'm not wasting half the muffin, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, because if you're just cooking the muffin top, it's going to be dry on the bottom. Yeah, you're. That's the you're missing the whole point. Yeah. Cause you I need that soft part of the muffin. Right. And it's also very fun to just rip it off. Yeah. And not mm. eat that fucking... I love muffins. They can be really good or really boring. Right? Yeah. I've had some bad muffins in I don't my day. like it when someone makes muffins and they don't get tops. When it's like just flat. Oh. Or like I've made muffins that have turned out like that before too. Well, yeah. You got to um, grease that pan. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you have your muffins so overflowing... You don't want them to rip off. Um, yeah. It's tricky. Muffins yeah. are harder than they look. Muffins. Don't be fooled by the 90s when everyone was selling muffins. Everyone was, eat- <laughs> everyone was eating muffins in the 90s and everyone was acting like they were healthy. That's the great thing about muffins. It's cake for breakfast. That's the great thing about the 90s is like all these foods that were sold to us as like very healthy were like... Remember raisin bran muffins? Yeah, bran muffins. I used to eat a bran muffin every single morning from the coffee bean when I worked as a receptionist. I, bran muffins are good. I love. Why bran are they muffins. so good? They're really good. They're, They're really surprising. Gritty. They're surprisingly good. I people like <laughs> hate them. I love them. They're really sweet and yeah. grainy. Like I you love said. the texture. The texture of them. is good. And they have like raisins or whatever dried fruit in it or something. Yeah, or nuts. They're good. Um, so yeah, I was that like, sounds exciting. I was like thinking for our next dinner project actually that I wanted to cook with you was like a, a taste of the nineties. And I mm. thought like, oh, we should make like pesto pasta. And I was like, I should. <laughs> pesto is really good. Yeah, That's you, the thing. Right. It got overdone. It got overdone. For sure. Um, no, there was some nineties dish I was craving recently. I can't remember what it was. It might've just been an ingredient that just seemed very 90s to me. Yeah. It's completely slipping my mind now, but I was going to bring it up to you. I was like, we really get to get this. <laughs> um, okay, so we we already talked about what we ate on Patreon, both designated. We we did a lot of eating during the break. Yeah. Oh, but the big exciting news is I did bring pie. Okay. That's the last thing we'll talk about. We'll... Um, I guess we'll talk about it maybe more on our next after show. But I did bring pie from the infamous pie lady. We talked about her on Patreon. Patreon. Did we ever talk about her on the main show? No. It's a Patreon exclusive. It's a Patreon exclusive if you want to hear her uh, crazy Yelp reviews. That's (laughs) That's one of our most popular after shows. Yes. I think it's probably like after show... It's between after show 48 and 51. Yeah. I would say. I'm guessing. It's very, uh, it's a local pie shop by me and Rachel has never had the pie. So I brought over three flavors that I thought looked really good. This is after numerous posts this morning uh, of her saying that it was a dead day. No one was coming out for pie. Yeah. And look, when I went there, they had a lot of pie. Yeah. So she, she was dead on. I don't know, maybe it was hot. People aren't in the mood for pie. So I got um, one of my favorite classics of hers, cherry pie. Rachel did try that before we uh, started. And what did I say before? <laughs> what did I say when you brought it over? 
Well, first I, she I, didn't know that she, when I got, got here, Rachel was in the bathroom. So I put the two cream pies in the fridge. So I just had the cherry pie in the bag. And Rachel looked in the bag and said, you brought me pie? And I was like, bitch, no. <laughs> That's not for you. I have two more in the freezer. You're not getting that whole cherry pie it's yourself. It's for us. It's for us. It's pie. That pie is for us. But first, you Put said, your- <laughs> first, first you said it's for us. And I looked at it and it was like a single serving tiny little pie. And I was like, for us, I'm not sharing this. One bite of pie each. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, the pies are are sort of individual size. They're yeah. very small. Uh, and then I got one that's like a cream pie that's called Whopper Malted Milk Ball I pie. saw that. It looks really good. I almost sent that to you today. <laughs> not not one. because I wanted it, because I thought it was funny that there was Whoppers on it, and I hate Whoppers. But oh, you hate Whoppers? I fucking hate uh, Whoppers. That's like a top candy. I love Malted Milk Balls. It's so good. Ugh. Well, but, that's good. I'll eat it all. No, I'll eat the rest of it, but I don't want any of those. <laughs> How do you not like Whoppers? Because they taste like chalk. They have a malt flavor, though. They're so good. I'll eat the. I center. I definitely didn't like them as a a kid, but I have grown to appreciate them. Okay, well, maybe I'll like them as an adult. Uh, I don't know. So you, it was a kid hate. Of when them. I was a kid, I remember I tasted a Whopper and I was like, "This is the worst thing." Oh, ever. Okay, I didn't definitely didn't like them as a kid, but at some point, I really got into malt flavor, like yeah. chocolate malts. I like that's good. Um, anyway, and then the other one I got is a pumpkin sweet potato combo with a ginger snap crust mm. and it looks really good because i i feel like i love pumpkin pie but you only have it once a year yeah so i'm kind of like mm, why not have it right now uh there were other fruit pies i just had to make a quick decision that sounds perfect can't wait so, to taste those uh yeah we'll let you we'll give you some full reviews on that um next week and yeah that's all i got that's it bye bye Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.